Thank you guys for joining us today for Garner's First Economic Development Podcast. I'm here with Angie Micus, Chris Bankston, and Alaksha Surti, all of which are great entrepreneurs that have invested in our community and have uh, done very well for themselves. So thank you guys for joining us today. Really, we just want to start it off and, and kind of understand a little bit about what it's like to be an entrepreneur, but really in particular, what's it like to be an entrepreneur in Garner? You know, what made you guys want to start a business here? Uh, everywhere else that you could be at. Oh, me first? Sure. Okay. Um, well, I mean, Garner is is probably the best place. The, the people, um, the town, the, the businesses. Um, I waited tables for probably 20 years in Garner. And I felt like even though I waited tables with somebody for somebody else, I always worked for myself. And if I didn't have... Um, money to put my kid in baseball, the Optimist Club would put them, you know, and make sure they played baseball um, or basketball. Um, I never, even though I was a single mother um, raising two boys, um, I never went without anything, you know. I mean, I was always provided with whatever I needed. Um, and I didn't realize over the years the great relationships that I had built throughout the 20 years of experience. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And I know, Chris, man, you started off as an English teacher, had a bunch of jobs uh, in between then and now. Um, have even gone through some, you know, some ups and downs in your health and things like that, but yet you're still kicking here right here at the brewery. Um, so, I mean, what kind of made you choose Garner over anywhere else uh, to put your, uh, your brewery? Uh, well, that was the hardest part of opening our business is trying to find a spot. Our first requirement for a brewery, at least, was to be in a place where there wasn't a brewery and I'm glad that we found Garner um, and it's funny that we, I didn't say we found Garner, Garner kind of found us. Um, uh, Garner didn't have a brewery and they were kind of the last one in Wake County. Um, on the brewery side, the business side, um, you know, other business owners, the town council members, um, down to you Joe, the economic developer, I mean uh, connections there, um, op welcomed us with open arms. Uh, we're more than thrilled to have us here and have supported us from day one and still do. And actually, that's growing more and more. So I love being in Garner. Yeah, man, I'm glad to hear it. And I know, Lakshy, you're a little bit different. And you just opened a, a bricks and mortar location in Raleigh, but you kind of got your start here in Garner, that's right? And I know, Chris and uh, Lakshy, you uh, participated in our Connect Conference in August of last year. And a lot of people got to hear your story and just incredibly impressive. Your kind of just the global experience you've had. But... Um, you know, having all that knowledge, what made you want to jump into uh, the food truck business uh, right here in our town? Well, we actually moved to Ghana about um, 14 years ago from Kerry, um, and um, we love the feel in Ghana. You know, it's um, very close to downtown, to Raleigh, but still it's uh, away from the hustle and bustle. The people here are so nice. Um, and um, I started my business as a hobby, basically, and I, I knew I wanted to do something to leave a legacy for my kids and just uh, pursue my passion in cooking. But I didn't know how to go about it, so I went to the Ghana Chamber, and Denise was at the Chamber at that time, you know, and um, we were members just as individual, not as a business, but uh, my husband was a member there, and uh, he said, go talk to Denise and see how they can help you, you know. So we started as a hobby, and then we took part in the uh, expo, the Ghana Expo that they have every year, and that's how we started, and the response that we got from the community, um, from the chamber members, uh, it was overwhelming, 
you know. So we said, you know, this is where we want to be. And um, then we started the food truck because there was a demand. People were like, when are you starting your restaurant? And I was like, I don't know whether I can do that just yet. So let's start small. And then we started the food truck. And even with that, you know, we got such a great response. And we just kept growing from there. And we love this community. We love all the support we've got from everyone. Over here, we have the biggest cheerleaders actually in Ghana and that that gave me the encouragement you know to to keep going yeah things are going well at your uh, new location it is going great you know I've got a lot of support from my husband family and the community you know I was reading something the other day and they said over the past 20 years the number of female-owned businesses have gone up 114 percent I think that's incredible whenever you look at the landscape and just the changing dynamics of our society to see just how many New businesses are being created. I think the last numbers I saw were almost, you know, like 414,000, something like that, new businesses created. Um, and to see as many, you know, minorities and, and, and female business-related uh, companies started is just incredible. Um, and that, that kind of gets me to my next question is, is each one of you guys have kind of done your own thing and, and gotten to where you are today your own ways. But, you know, certainly even though you're, you're, you have, you know, clear differences between you, and your experiences, there's certain traits, right, that just make somebody perfect to be their own boss or to be that entrepreneur. I mean, what traits do you think were instrumental in your successes and what traits, even like from the economic development side, you know, I meet with people all the time that want to start companies and, you know, some of them are easy to tell, yeah, you're not going to make, you know, you never say this, but, you know, you're going to have a hard time. Some of them you can just say that guy or that gal, she, you know, they've got it, right? They've got whatever that it is. What traits do you think are like the most critical for somebody looking to start a new company or well, trace that you had well i mean i think you're right i think that you know um the town they know you kind of know when you talk to people whether or not they're made to be entrepreneurs um the most important trait i think is probably you have to care about what you're doing you have to have passion for what you do um you know that's why i, I care about all the people that um not only come to my restaurant, but the relationships that I built over the years. Um, I think you have to have a drive for it. You know, you have to, um, I mean, look, I work 90 plus hours a week. Wow. You know, um, I've just recently gotten to where I'll step back a little bit. Like, um, I think when we did the um, thing with the mayor a while back, you know, the mayor calls me and he's like, hey, Angie, he said, listen, he said, um, we're doing this, you know, interviews on the great people in Garner. And, you know, first of all, I said, Ronnie, who? And I was like, you got the wrong girl. And he's like, no, I've got the right girl. He's like, um, can you be at the town, you know, hall at 430? I'm like, Ronnie, that's not even possible. You know, I can't leave this restaurant. You know, for probably six years, I'd never left unless there was a death or something happened, you know. Um, but, you know, over time, you kind of learn, okay, well, you know, you you learn that, did you want to build this for it to just stop when you stop? Or do you want it to continue to, you know, continue to grow? Yeah, legacy, right? Yes, exactly. And just like you said, I mean, that's what I wanted. I wanted a legacy. You know, the only thing I've ever had is my name and my children. Sure. And I wanted to leave, you know, my legacy for them. And how long has Angie's been Angie's? Where is that? It'll be eight years. So that's incredible. I was going to say, because I know, Chris, you just celebrated two years, right? And Alaksha, you're less than a year in your brick-and-mortar store, but... Uh, probably a little bit longer than that in your uh, food trucks. So. Yes, less than two years in the food truck, yeah, May 5th sure. of 2007. Well, I, I mean, I still feel like it's the first year. Okay. I mean, I still get butterflies, I say, and I still, you know, I mean, people come in there all the time, like these little kids come in there, and they're like, 
oh my gosh, is that Angie? And I'm like, I'm just the girl, you know? I mean, they're like, they're like all my cheerleaders. Like these people make me uh, stronger every day. I mean, they give me a purpose, you know, that I don't think money can buy or anything that you can get at any kind of store. You're your own mascot, man. You are the brand of the company. Right. And I think that's another thing for entrepreneurs that, that maybe is a little bit more difficult for them that even whenever they leave and they go outside of their business, they're still representing their business, right? Mm-hmm. And so personal actions and, and, and things that you do, I mean, it makes a huge, huge difference. Well, I just, you know, I just have so much compassion for the town and so much compassion for people in general. Sure. You know, um, somebody made a remark. I told them that I was coming here to do a podcast. And, you know, my, my goal is, the reason why I started, like, the Thanksgiving thing is just because I want somebody to see what I do and maybe they'll do the same. You know, and um, I was talking to um, Angie Crumpler right before I left because I was a little bit nervous. You know, I haven't done this in a while. And, you know, when you're being recorded, you're kind of like, oh, you might say something wrong or do whatever. And, you know, I mean, she's right. I just want to change the world one biscuit at a time. You you know, there you go. One biscuit, one beer, one. uh, One. Yeah. You know, for sure. You know, you hope that you touch the people that, you know, it's not just, oh, there's $5 walking in the door, there's $10 walking in the door. You hope you leave an everlasting impression. And the impression that you leave with people, you know, is the same impression that they left with me that inspired me to do what I've done. I I think one thing that's really interesting with entrepreneurship in particular, and I think, Chris, you you can speak to this probably better than anybody, is leaving a, a, a secure job. Right, you were a teacher for years. All right, you left a state paycheck that was regular. You knew what was coming in, and now all of a sudden you're you're running this brewery, mm-hmm. right? And there's nothing to say that it'll succeed or that it'll fail. I mean, it may be hugely successful one way or the other. How how did you cope with the the lack of security in in business? And then you know, what would you tell somebody that wants to get into business how to cope with that? I mean, how how do you prepare not to know where your next paycheck comes from? Well, that, one of my bullet points was the word resilience, yeah. um, which applies to me more than just the business side because of all the personal health stuff I went through too. But they were linking, you know, together. Um, you know, coming from a teaching background where I was, yes, making a secure paycheck, but not a very good one, um, <laughs> for what we do or what we did, um, which is one of the reasons I left looking yeah. to open my own business. I was kind of tired of. Uh, the lack of respect from our politicians and, and uh, lawmakers um, on the side of, you know, uh, taking care of, of teachers um, and law force or uh, um, first responders. I mean, the, there's a number of us that uh, felt a little disrespected. So I don't know. I just I was ready to move on into something that I was passionate about. Um, yet I could be my own boss, um, make decisions. Um, I've not had a pointless meeting in over two years. Um, we have meetings, but we get stuff done. We don't just talk about it. Like when we sit down to make a plan, we follow through with it. And um, so I don't know the the idea of resilience, um, being able to adapt in situations where it might seem hopeless, um, whether it's something that you really rely on breaks of the brewery, or um, you know if you have an employee that uh, we had to get rid of for reasons I'm not going to say, but like they were really really bad, and we had to overcome that because we're our business and all of our businesses here are in the public eye. Sure. I mean, we do it. We do it for the public, and that, that breaks my heart because, you know, small businesses are our family, yeah. you know. And when when someone that you respect and trust and literally put at the front lines of you and the customers 
kind of walks all over you um, to the point where the public was not coming to our brewery um, because of that person. Um, how do you overcome that, right? Yep. How do you move past that? And it, it, it goes back to kind of what Angie said, which is just showing that you continue to care, that you're willing to give back, that you're here for the long run. You're not here just for yourself, but you're here because there's a need and a want for your product. And you made a good and point. your place. You made a good point. People, I think, know you well enough and, like, know me and know you well enough that, you know, if you do have somebody in there that you trust wholeheartedly and they are no longer there, there is a reason. Yep. You know, and, yep. you know, and, and in my experience, um, you know, you don't, um, you don't throw your trash out there. It's just, it is what it is. You just kind of move on, you know. You know, something that's interesting, too, especially with you three that are here, about 66%, two out of three jobs in the United States are created by small business owners, right? And you guys started your business and you immediately created jobs. Whereas some small businesses, you know, you're a one-man show or one-woman show and you're that way for years and years and years until you start adding staff. I have and 38 employees. Yeah, in eight years you've got almost 40 employees. I know, Chris, you've hired a few people here. I'm sure you've got folks working about, down yeah, at, the, uh, at the food hall. So, I mean, you know, you always hear about big business. I think in economic development we kind of get a rough a rough shake at, you know, they'll say, well, economic developers only care about, you know, the Amazons or the, or the Apples or the whatever. And really, I mean, small business is just as important, right? Because we know that two-thirds of our community is, is small business. And so, that I mean, that's incredible. And Alokshire, like I said, I mean, the traits that, that you have have clearly led you to a, a place uh, of success. But, you know, what would you say to somebody who wants to start their own business uh, you know that they need to embody. What trait do they need to have? Um, resilience has got to be one of those perseverance, yes. right? Absolutely. And like Angie said as well, passion. You know, for me, passion. If you don't have the passion, then you really, what's going to make you get up and go into work? You know, you have to get up early in the morning. Mm -hmm. You have to work so hard. But if you don't have the passion, then you're not going to be able to be successful. And like uh, you also said, Angie, you have to care. You really have to care for the people. And it's not about the money, really. The money will come, but it's not, that's not re the reason why uh, we do what we do, you know. We want to be able to um, feed people. And f in our industry, especially if you're cooking for people and you're a restaurant, um, you want to um, make a difference to them. Um, you know, growing up, I grew up in very, very humble beginnings. Um, we couldn't afford a lot of things that are basic necessities. Um, you know, we used to, my mom and I, my sister and I, we used to walk about two miles every day just to get fresh vegetables. And um, my mom used to cook every day because we didn't have a refrigerator uh, to store that food in. So every day we had to walk really far, get the fresh vegetables home, cook every day. And... Um, and to me, that left a huge impact, you know, to be able to feed someone. So, um, for example, even at the restaurant, you know, we have a school that comes every Wednesday, middle schoolers, um, and there's this one kid, um, she comes quite often to eat uh, with us. And this one day she came um, just for a drink, and I said, um, don't you want to eat today? She said, no, I don't have any money. So I was like, hang in there, you know. <laughs> I went in, I got her a fresh um, hot lunch and I gave it to her. Um, so for me, it makes a huge difference, you know, when I see someone hungry, I just want to feed them. Sure. You know, people have come to us um, for food and um, 
sometimes the credit card declines and I'm like, don't worry about it, I got it, you know? So for me, it's very personal. Yeah, it's one of those pay it forward type situations, right? It always comes back to you. I guess the other thing um, that, I, that I think is interesting, because you know, I talk to people all the time, is you know, kind of what do you guys wish you, you, know, you knew, let's say two years ago or back whenever you started your business that you know now, right? I mean, Chris, what do, what do you wish you would have known uh, other than the things I already mentioned, right? Well, uh, I mean, it parlays into that. I mean, yeah. uh, don't trust without verifying necessarily. Okay. Um, don't just accept everybody as good people, um, but don't be jaded, you know. So yeah. there's this, I mean, we are, we are such in the public eye, um, and we do this job for the public. I mean, I don't serve food. I don't nourish people's, you know, uh, uh sustenance every day but I do provide a space that I think is warm and welcoming and safe um, and I, I, creating a culture uh, in your business that shows the community um, who you are okay. and I think that's that's what I wake up every morning and, and I'm ready to experience and um, I don't know continuing to look at your business in a way of not just making money um, but how do I how do I help the people around me? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we try to create events here that are centered around uh, different charities, giving back to the community, um, and then, you know, even going as far as going down to the legislators' building to help talk to politicians about laws that are affecting our industry. Cool. I mean, you know, you getting involved. Just, I was going to say, wasn't there something that came out about the uh, yeah. Yeah, distributors big news. and big stuff? News. Yeah, yep. yeah, they just raised the cap to 50,000 barrels, and yeah. companies like Foothills and Old Mecklenburg out of Charlotte are finally going to be able to expand. Um, you know, uh, but that didn't happen without the support of a bunch of local breweries going up and saying this, this is why this is important and our voice matters. Yeah, I think something that you just said that's really interesting is how entrepreneurs on, in small businesses have a way of putting a little bit of themselves into the business, right? Instead of you just working at an office you know, you show up every day, 9 to 5, you do your job, you leave. You guys are crafting an environment that's actually a little bit of an extension of yourself, right? It's it's almost like a second home or something like that. Or you can name your business after yourself. Oh, you can name it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean. Same here. I mean, it's worked. It's worked. I, mean, it, I mean, the same thing to you, Angie. I mean, what? What do you wish you know? You know, what do you wish you knew? You know what I'm saying? I mean, looking back after, you almost have a decade. Uh, well, you know, honestly, I think I wish I knew that um, that God was in control okay. of um, this whole, you know, like everything that I went through to get where I am today. Yeah. You know, at that time I was like, oh, my Lord, I'm going to go broke. My kids are going to starve. I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, I'm too opinionated. You know, but these people just kept like coming up to me. Hey, you need to go in business for yourself. You need they, they saw something in me that I didn't even see in me. That's you know, um, you know that I mean he has a plan he has yeah. a plan for me you know and I mean as long as I stay true to that then you know um, we'll be fine and I mean even today I mean like uh, this past weekend I had a, an event um, and I was shorthanded I had to feed 125 people at 12 o'clock on Saturday away from the restaurant in Middlesex um, and I had one down with the flu, the other ones were off whatever, you know, and I mean, that just doesn't happen, you know, and it always seems to work out without, you know, 
and you know, you look back and you think, well, there's got to be, I mean, I believe in God, but I know everybody believes in their own higher power, but there's got to be something out there that's saying, all right, you're going to stress a little bit. You're going to go to bed at 1030. You're going to get back up at three o'clock. But you know, the hustle and bustle, as long as you put the effort and the, you know, you're going to do this, you know, um, I also wish that I, you know, I kind of knew how to delegate a little bit better. It took me a long time to learn to delegate. And it's not that I had any, you know, thing about trusting people. It was more I was a control freak. I wanted things a certain way. <laughs> Is that way. a common trait in no. entrepreneurs? That, no. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, you... you and then when you make it to that point and your name is on the building, mm -hmm. you're like, whoa, 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 this is my name, you yeah. know, you. And so sometimes I guess I could be a little overwhelming okay. to people, you know, um, that worked with me, not, for, you know, for me. I think they work with me, not for me. I think we're, you know, all here to do, uh, you know, a job and to make, you know, a place in life. And that's all we want to do is be recognized for, you know, our good faith and our good hard work. But you know, dealing with somebody like I was on a mission to prove that I could do this, you know, and um, it was not as easy for most people that worked with me in the beginning. Now, as, as you know, I have probably 30, probably 75% of the people there have been with me. The entire time. The entire time. I wow. have, I That's have. A, that is incredible in the now, business. Now, you know, yes. But, you know, um, I think it's because these people that are there with me, they care like I care. Um, they work like I work, you know, and also I think leadership, you know, um, I think that if you set standards, you know, um, and you show them that, you know, I'll clean the toilet too. I mean, I don't need you to clean my toilets. I'll clean, I'll clean my own toilets, you know, and, you know, for the longest time, I mean, you know, I had to blah, 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 blah. If you don't do this, well, then after like two years, you know, the girls are like, look, we don't tolerate you laying out. Don't try to be on your phone in All here. Of a they're running, they're running yeah, the, you know. And I look back and I'm like, wow, you know. That is a um, but you know, the, you know, and also like with Jimmy, you know, I mean, he sacrifices a lot. I thought, I think he thought, you know, he'd buy this house at the beach, and you know, all he had to do was find this girl and you know, get a house, and I just we'd run off in the sunset. <laughs> and I'm like, go to the beach, you know, have fun. I'm, I'm here. He's like, well, you need to enjoy the fruits of life, you know, yeah. but I am every day at that restaurant, you know, sure. so. Alaksha, what do you think are the biggest obstacles that people face today trying to get into business? Well, firstly, I think, um, we need to have confidence. You know, when you start a business, um, there's so many things that will hold you back. Firstly, the fear. To be honest, when I um, wanted to go big or, you know, go into uh, with both my feet in, um, I was a little scared. But my husband was like, no, you got this, you know. So the support team around you is so important. Um, and um, the challenge is basically, um, you know, you have to do your research. Because there could be so many obstacles. Now, for example, with the food truck, uh, we thought about it for at least two years before we actually opened it. Um, because um, for us, the challenge was permitting. You know, what are the rules and regulations? You had to make sure that you're with the health uh, code, with the health department. Uh, financing was a huge challenge. Then doing your research on locations. Where's my truck going to go, you know? Um, who's going to help us if we need advice? Because this is something new for us. 
Um, but uh, we had to do a lot of research and uh, you know my husband he crunched the numbers he called people I called people we did a lot of research before we could actually even consider opening up um, the food truck and um, opportunities knock very softly you know so um, if you're not confident that you can do this uh, you might miss that opportunity so um, the, and every business I know has its own challenges. You know, labor, uh, like you said, is um, a challenge. Um, to get the right people to be there by your side, to help you, to work with you, not necessarily to work for you, but to work with you. They have to have the same goals as you do. They need to care about the business, like you said, like you do. Um, that's a huge challenge, to get the right people, to get the right team. Um, I, know, I, I think we were talking a little bit before we started filming and recording that well, I mean, the unemployment rate here in, in the Triangle Park is like 3.2%. 3, 3 I mean, it's just unreal. It's, it's one of the lowest unemployment rates in the history of our nation, right? And that affects big businesses, but it has to affect small businesses, too, because you guys need to hire folks, you know? You're not doing it all on your own. I mean, have you been able to get the talent you needed to be successful, even in a tough, tight labor market? It's tough. I, I have one person who really cares about my business like I do. And then I've got my family around me. My mom works with me. My, uh, the kids work with us. Uh, we put them to work. Uh, my husband works. He's got a full-time job. But still in the evenings and weekends, he's at the food hall or the truck, depending on uh, you know what's going on. I've got my uncle working with me. Um, so I've got a huge support system, and I've got, I've got some good employees that are there who care about it. Um, they, in fact, tell me that go home and rest. Tomorrow you come in at 11 o'clock. Don't come in at, uh, so early. You know, yeah. We got this. Yeah. So that's important you know, to have the support team and um, to make sure that um, we keep our standards because, like you said, Angie, and, you know, your name is on that uh, product. So uh, people are coming back because they enjoy that product. So if you change, then, you know. Well, the thing about it is if you skip a beat, social media will throw you no out. Yeah. I mean, you know. It's I mean, a double-edged sword, right? Oh, you, can make yeah. you know, it's like, it. you know, nine times out of ten, I'm going around the restaurant, everything okay, everything okay, everything okay. <laughs> yes, wonderful, wonderful. And then you get home and you're laying in bed and ding your phone. And then you're like, what? I mean, I was there all day. You know, how'd that happen? You know, and why didn't they just come to me and say, you know, hey, look, you know, this is not what I expected. You know, we're not perfect and we are extremely busy, you know, yeah, so sure, things sure. are going to happen. Yeah. But, you know, we can't change it unless you let us know. And if you don't give us the opportunity, I don't want you to leave here, you know, the restaurant unhappy. So, I mean, nine times out of ten, you know, if you don't tell me, I can't change that before you walk out my door. You know? I'm say all, all of you guys are on social media, right, and you use it to market your business. Yes. Um, well, I don't think you would have a business these days if, if you, you didn't, didn't have social media. I'm sorry, I know it's huge in food trucks and breweries. I mean, everybody is constantly online, exchanging things, and you know, it certainly can be a good thing, right, because it's cheap, you know. But uh, it can also burn you, too. You know, it's one of those things. But whether you're signed up for it or not, people, I mean, they, they put you in there. Yeah. You know, their opinion, you know, counts. You can have 500 great opinions in that one right there, you know. I mean, I had this lady one time that put on there, um, and I cried. It was my first bad review. <laughs> I cried for six weeks. I was so upset that we didn't make our biscuits. We used cheap product and this and that. And, you know, for the longest time I was like, okay, um, 
am I going to respond to this lady? You know, how am I going to do this? I'm just going to cry. And then next thing you know, people just started responding Back for me. Yeah, there you go. You know, and I'm like, okay. Because they know that, you know, we're in there at 4 o'clock in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, and we don't leave till. So, and I know that y'all yeah. feel the same way. I mean, you think you go in with a plan to make everybody, you know, happy, and you strive for excellence, and you work hard, and you try to keep your place clean, and you have a smile on your face, and then, whoop, somebody had a bad day, you know, and yeah. I, I think sometimes that's what happens. I mean, Chris, kind of what, as we kind of talked a little bit, I mean, we've talked about your past, certainly we've talked about what's going on in the brewery today. I mean, what does the future hold for Bryce's? Uh, so, uh, in the immediate future, we're looking at um, adding more packaging options. Right now, we only have uh, growlers that we feel on okay. demand here. Um, we're working on labels and labeling requirements to start canning and bottling soon. Um, not on a big scale, just you know, small batch stuff, but um, so that our customers have another option uh, to take home with them, um, and also to put our product out there in, uh, in bottle shops and, and um, maybe even restaurants that carry cans and bottles and stuff like that, so that we can. That's part of our marketing plan, essentially, is the wider spread that we can send our product, more people know about us, and hopefully it sends them back here, um, which is the ultimate goal. This, this is the epicenter of the business. This drives everything. Um, so no matter how far our product goes out, we want them to come back here. Um, as far as expansion goes, we're, we're doing it calculated. We want to do it in a way not necessarily that focuses on you know, how many barrels we want to increase by, but what types of product that we want our customers to have. So we're going to start doing more barrel-aged beers, so starting a sour program. Um, I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but in the beer industry, those are kind of like the top-notch products that people want in bottles and cans um, to take home because they're ageable, they're uh, uh, the collector's items, you know, the artwork and the labels, people like all that kind of stuff. So um, uh, hopefully hiring some new people. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen, but I'm looking at... Speaking of delegations, you know, like I can't, <laughs> right now, like myself, my taproom manager, Taylor, and I, um, we pretty much run about 99% of the business. My wife helps with finances and stuff in the back end, but she's also a full-time teacher still, and we have, we have a two-and-a-half-year-old. and um, Life. Life. No, life. Yeah. Um, gotta- but I can't, uh, I can't, I can't brew beer forever, and that, I'm, that's a lot of what I do right now uh, during the week is I, Taylor and I come in, we brew beer. We make beer. Um, but at some point, I'm going to have to hand over the reins to somebody else who can brew beer for me so that I can expand our business in different directions. I am a control freak, and I am scared to let that happen. <laughs> well, I am scared to let that happen. Over so. breakfast talk sometimes, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. So um, anyway, uh, with... With the different packaging options, and um, I mean, who knows? Maybe someday we'll have a second tap room in Garner or something like that. So that'd be pretty cool. So um, just to get a little shout out to another brewery that might be opening in Garner, hopefully in the next few year or so, um, Minor Key Brewing, friend of mine, um, makes fantastic beer. Um, he and I and his company are doing a collaboration this week, um, and so be looking out for that. Um, and we're going to be using full bloom coffee in the beer. So it's kind of like keeping all of Garner business yeah. in the beer. So we're pretty, pretty excited about that. That's, right. so, um, that's incredible. Yeah. That's very exciting. What about, uh, what about you, Alaksha? What does uh, the future hold for Curry in a hurry? Well, um, since the food hall just started, you know, we are still getting a hang of that. Um, we just um, 
finished with winter, which was a little slow, but I know summer is going to be crazy busy, so we are preparing for that uh, right now. And then the truck is also out, you know, going to all the rodeos. We're actually going to be at the Ghana Rodeo end of April. Okay. Um, so um, right now we are just focusing on what we have, but you never know. <laughs> you never know. We might <laughs> down the road open up another one. Um, and we do have a lot of people asking, you know, when are you going to open up one in Ghana mm -hmm. um, or North Raleigh? Or, sure. You know, we've got so many people who come from all over town and um, they want more. But for us, uh, keeping the consistency is also very important. So um, I don't want to do more than I can handle. Uh, so right now, we are very happy with what we have. We're just going to um, focus on that. But again, like I said, you never know. Yeah. Uh, sounds like control and trust, right? Yes. <laughs> what about you, Angie? Well, you know, I had often thought, you know, about opening a second location um, in another town somewhere. But then I thought, well, Garner is my town. Okay. You know, I love Garner. I feel like I wouldn't be able to give another town, you know, 110%. Garner's been great to me. So I think I'll just stay and focus on where I am. Um, I'd like to expand at where the spot that I'm at now. Um, I hope to have a venue of my own. Um, I'd like to expand my menu, um, like a little more gluten-free. I'd like to do my own baking as far as cakes and stuff. Um, I do like having little parties, you know, um, although there's, you know, at that little restaurant, it's not big enough, but we're, we've got some ideas in mind. Um, I'd like to, you know, maybe bottle up some of my own sauces that people like. Um, I've often thought about doing my own cookbook. Um, but there's just like all kinds of things. But, you know, when I did, I did think, because there was a time, I mean, a couple, maybe about a month, two months ago. You know, like I said, I have, I have some girls that have been with me for a long time. And I know they don't want to wait tables all their life. Not that there's anything wrong with waiting tables, but I know they, they love it and they love the people. And, you know, I thought, well, you know, let's do, let's just start a little franchise here. Let's just see. Because they know what I expect. So it would be the ones that have been with me forever. You know, let's have, let them have a piece of, sure. you know. But then I thought, well, you know, if you take away, then I don't think it'll be as unique as it is, you know. So I said, we can just do in-house. We can expand where we are um, and then have them to be a part of it, you know, because, you know, they have given me a, a lot of years of dedication and hard work and stuff. And, you know, I do want to give back to them. Um, but it's just right now we've, we've got some things working right now. So we're hoping, you know, eventually it'll all work out. Well, I think uh, we'll wrap up with just uh, ask each one of you um, kind of a similar question we talked to before. You know, th there may be some entrepreneurs out there that are kind of sitting on the fence that might listen to this or hear this about whether or not they should get in business, especially in business in Garner, which I hope they will. Um, you know, what are some words of wisdom to somebody who might listen to this podcast that you can uh, instill in them when it comes to opening a business or starting their own business? Um, and hopefully they'll do so uh, here in Garner, but, but just in general, what, what are some words of wisdom you can leave with our audience? Um, hmm. I really believe that um, um, some words of wisdom for people. I would just do it. Okay. I mean, I would just, here in Garner, mm -hmm. I don't think Garner is going to let people down. As long as they're doing what they're supposed to do, um, 
Garner's going to wrap their arms around any business that walks through here. They totally made it. It was the easiest thing I ever did. I didn't plan. I didn't. I didn't research. I didn't do anything, but I had a dream that I wanted to own my own business, to be in control of my own self, to be able to, like if somebody wanted blueberry cobbler on Monday, well, I can have it, you know? Um, But they made it so easy for me. I mean, it was like a walk. I could have gone blindfolded in the park, you know? And I just think that, you know, as long as you're going in it with the right intentions and you're doing it and you, you, you know, also I think, you know, you can't take you have to also give back you know um i don't think you should give to expect anything in return but you know the love that this town has for businesses and the growth that's happening here i think it's wonderful i mean people ask me all the time well what about this place what about this place you know angie are you worried about this you know and you know i said what are you going to do you know this restaurant's opening I said, I'm just going to continue to do what I, I've always done, yeah. you know, and um, if something comes in there and knocks me out, I guess that just means God wants me to do something else, okay. you know. So, um, but, I mean, in the eight years that I've been there, Garner's not ever failed me. Great. You know, so I'm going to continue to hopefully grow. What about you, know? you Chris? What, what kind of some... It's, it sounded nuts at the time it was given to me as advice as a future entrepreneur by another entrepreneur, uh, a guy who owns a restaurant in uh, Clayton called uh, Charlie's Barbecue. I don't know if you guys have ever been there, but fantastic food, great guy. Uh, but he told me once, he said, don't have a safety net. And I thought that was absolutely bonkers. And then I thought about it and I was like, that makes perfect sense. You know, and it came perfect in my life, which I was, you know, I had a secure job. I was teaching. And then I was like, well, I'm willing to give all that up to do something. And I did both for two months. And I realized that I was hurting both of those things. So... In order to fully do this thing that we've been open now for two years, I had to give up that. I had to move on from that because without doing this 100%, it's not going to work. That's incredible advice. I thought so too. Well, that's scary. It's scary I, as I hell. You. I got but you. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Alaksha? Well, uh, I would say if you have a passion for something, uh, don't look back. Just go for it because you never know what's, what tomorrow is going to be like. But if you never try, you would never know. Sure. So if you have a passion, go for it. And Ghana has great resources. Go to the chamber. That's how I started. Okay. Ask them for advice. Use the resources they have. Um, do some research. Um, and do what you love. And I always tell my kids, you know, you do what you love and you'll never have to work a single day in your life. There you go. Well, I want to thank you three for joining us today. And thank you, Chris, for allowing us to uh, record here at Bryce's Brewing. It's a beautiful place. I can't believe how nice it is and how far it's come in the past two years. It's incredible. Thank you, Alakshua Curry in a hurry, Chris with Bryce's Brewing. Of course, Angie with Angie's. Um, You guys, uh, you know, Keep keep me inspired to continue to hopefully inspiring other entrepreneurs to come here to Garner. Couldn't uh, could not get three better people to help talk about entrepreneurship, small business, but more especially our town. Right. So thank you guys uh, for being here today, and thank you to all the listeners out there that will uh, hear this. We appreciate it. We hope to have many more of these coming up with uh, more great guests. So be looking for more videos and uh, recordings in the future. And until then, um, Garner will keep on growing. Thank you, guys. Thank you.